purpose of Christianity. Every journey has a destination, right? Every purpose has a goal. And that goal and the destination is becoming Christ. Becoming like Christ. Yes, Christ-likeness. That's the word, Christ-likeness. The reason why our sacrifice, we can't go, you know, the reason why this this whole thing looks sometimes like, let me just do jejeo, you know, that kind of thing. The reason why we can't, some people literally give their life. Have you met people, I mean, some people literally do what? Give their life. Sometimes I wonder whether we're in the same race with that, this the heavenly race i know go tired sometimes i wonder whether we, all of us are really in that race because of the way we live our lives sometimes the level of our sacrifice how far we want to go is a function of our conviction in god so if something is wrong with your sacrifice what should you fix your conviction if you can't imagine yourself that you ever get to a point for example you are consistently praying two hours some of us we can't we can't even think about it it's because of the level of the conviction that you are as your conviction is rising no price will be too much to pay am i making sense am i making sense the higher the level of your conviction the further you are willing to go to pay the price and to go all out for god you know what Daniel had was conviction. There was a level of conviction that made him say, you know, I don't want to partake in the king's delicacies. No, I will just eat this tasteless vegetable. You know, that's the level of conviction. Some people don't even have that. <laughs> Am I making sense? People, uh, there was a guy in the Bible who sold his birthright because of food. Am I making sense? That's Esau. So some people don't even have that. But it takes another level of conviction to say, don't pray. If we catch you praying, we'll feed you to the lions. <laughs> Some people will say, ah, that is, scripture says, wisdom is what? It's profitable to Jared. I'll just pray in my heart. My mouth will not open. I'll just say, mm. No. That was a time to reinforce his conviction. Am I making sense? It wasn't, and you know, Daniel wasn't a what was the word now? Daniel wasn't somebody looking for trouble. He wasn't a controversial person. He didn't say, Ha, you say I should not pray, and then I will start what I wasn't doing before. That wasn't the issue. Am I making sense? The Bible says, as his custom was. So he's been doing, in fact, they caught him doing it, is the reason why they went to enact the law. So Daniel wasn't a guy that wasn't praying before and then want to show off and say, ah, you have made law. I will start praying now. No, that's showing off. He was a man of conviction. No matter the direction of the tide, conviction was what was directing him. I remember when I was in uni, I, was, I stayed in a room in my part one, Angola Hall, and there was a point in that room where we were over 20 you know and there was one particular morning you know there were a number of us who are christians in that room and we've never really had a problem we pray we you know we do the normal stuff 
But there was this particular morning, one new guy just joined us, and this guy doesn't know how to pray quietly. <laughs> Everybody must wake up when he's praying. You know, and he's tried that a couple of times, and I went to tell him, I said, people pray loud like you. They usually have, whether it's field, you know, somewhere where you are not going to really disturb anybody and all that, you know, and that you can't be doing that. You shouldn't, you know, disturb people, wake them up, you know, and create unnecessary noise simply because you want to pray. You have a burden. I can I understand you have a burden. Go somewhere where <laughs> and go and express it. Go and pour your body and all that. You know, but that wasn't where I was going. There was another guy who had been in that room who was a Christian and who used to pray quietly. But when this guy came to the room, I used to pray loud. This guy started praying loud. I started praying long. He, I mean, we, we didn't, nobody noticed him when he used to pray before, so we didn't know. But the guy will leave his bed, come and there's a central table in the room where people just sit down and read. The guy will now come and sit on that chair. So like praying. And then you will know that the guy is just forcing it because sometimes there was a day I tried to listen to his prayer. I was <laughs> don't mind me. So I just I just I just okay, I just listen. Kid boy is so you know like God, can you imagine God? People are just people are just sitting up and down wasting your blood. Wasting your blood, God. If I just wasting your blood, I'm not joking. <laughs> that was the content of his prayer. You just, just, we're just singing up and down, just wasting the blood. God, have mercy, have mercy. We're just wasting your blood, just wasting the blood. Have mercy. That's a religious spirit expression. Just do your. The one you've been doing since you've joined this room, nobody even know you were praying. Just do it quietly. Am I making sense? So that's the religious spirit expression. Ha, they are persecuting me because they know I'm a Christian. You are, you are the one that is not, you are the one that is foolish. You are the one that is doing the right thing at the wrong time. You are in the office. The office time is what? Is work time. Daniel wasn't doing that. Amen. Daniel wasn't a controversial person. Daniel was not also a compromising person. Am I making sense? You know, compromises. Let's assume that com- compromises. I mean, we, we have plenty. You, they know you are a Christian, and they know that you won't do something unless you maybe change figures and all that, you know. And then they said, if you change this figure, we'll give you something, you know. Or let me give you an example. Um, something uh, that happened to permit me to use your example. Can I? Where he had an issue in his office and they wanted to promote him and he knew that promotion was a trap against his faith and he said no he's not going to take it am i making sense another person say ah more money more something more let's even god understands that that's compromise am i making sense that's compromise because you know it is clear to you what the target is it's on the basis of your word of your faith the decree against Daniel was targeting his faith. Targeting his faith. Going back to where we started from, the level of your conviction determines the level of your what? Your sacrifice. Determines the level of your sacrifice. It took the, the, the three Hebrew guys 
a level, it took a level of conviction for them to say we're going to walk into the fire and we don't care whether we live or die. That's conviction. That's conviction. Hallelujah. When God told Abraham to go and sacrifice his son, the son he's been looking for for a hundred, almost a hundred years. That's conviction. Hallelujah. And we said in Hebrews 11 too that that conviction is called what? Faith. It's called what? That faith, that is called faith. The faith is called conviction. The conviction is called faith. Anyhow you want to put it. Because Hebrew 11 2 says that by that faith, the elders did what? Obtained a good testimony. They obtained a good testimony. So the reason they went through what they went through for the sake of God, for the sake of the will of God, was because they had what? Conviction. And we said that that is one crucial pillar that you will have to engage with as you grow in the Christian faith. Your conviction has to increase. Your conviction has to do what? Has to increase. We must constant. When scripture says examine yourself whether you're still in faith. He wasn't talking about examine yourself whether you still believe Jesus is good Lord. That's not what he's saying. Some of us still believe Jesus is Lord but our conviction is very very low. Faith level is low. Am I making sense? Examine yourself whether you're still in the faith. He's talking about check your conviction level. Check it. Has compromise come in at a point? Has comfort brought less conviction? You know, there's a way you get to a point where the things you used to believe God for, you just stop believing God for them. Because you feel now you're in a position where you can work where you can handle it. There was a time you used to believe God for everything. Even the food you are supposed to eat, you used to believe God for it. And God was using those period to cement intimacy and relationship. Am I making sense? There was a time that you knew you needed God, otherwise you will not survive. Every opportunity you had, you were praying. That season was tough, it was intense. Every opportunity you had, you were praying, you were developing yourself, you are building yourself, you were pursuing intimacy because you knew this season I have to be fully armed. I have to be fully loaded with the resources of the spirit to be able to navigate the season. Sometimes and then when the season is over and we've had victory, we flush away all those foundations and all those disciplines. Everything goes out of the window. All that discipline, maybe it was a discipline of you wake up and you pray three hours, 12 to 3 every day. I remember a friend of mine, she, she was posted to one of these, during our service here, she was posted to one of the southern, south, south states. And when she got there, she would call me and say, ah, my brother, the spirit of, uh, say this village I am, the spirit of immorality that is in this village, the thing, you are almost seeing the spirit walking on the street that is tough and all that, that the challenge, the temptation is strong. So I said, what? What did you what did you do? She said that ah, she just made the decision to be praying 12 to 3, praying in tongues 12 to 3 every day. That was a consecration. That was a sacrifice. And every day she didn't miss it. She woke up 12 a.m. in the night and praying tongues till 3. And for a whole year she was in that place. She was strong. She overcame. You know, there was no compromise, there was no breach into her. There was no compromise. I'm not even talking about actual physical compromise. I'm talking even in her heart. She develops spiritual capacity. And I was thinking about like, that's a very important, you know, 
That's a very important victory. But you know, foolishness can, foolishness can follow that victory by abandoning those very crucial wells of wells of salvation. They're actually wells of salvation that you have built. Don't abandon them. Do what? Continue. Continue. Hallelujah. That was what happened to David. His kingdom had achieved so much victory, he didn't even need to physically be at the war to inspire his troops. Do you understand? His, 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 his brand, let me use the word, his brand has become so powerful that he didn't need to be, be physically on the battlefield to inspire his troops. The, his men, they was, don't worry, king, don't worry, just stay. We'll go and do the job by ourselves, by ourselves, without motivation, without anything. And he found nothing else to do at that time than to be walking. He was walking on the top of, on the roof of his palace, and then the enemy found work for him. Since you don't have work, you know, scripture added another that says the devil, the idle mind is the devil's. You know, it's, it's almost as good as the scripture, almost not, <laughs> because it's true. That's what happened to David. It was I did them found work for him. And when he's like my wife used to say, where you want to stop is not where the devil wants to stop. When he was looking at Bathsheba and was smiling, I said, Oh my god, see the glory of God. He was even you know speaking, see, see the wonders of God in a woman. God you declare to oh. <laughs> the devil was plotting the graph. <laughs> you know. And before he knew it, I'm sure David must have shocked himself that. As in, as in, because of woman, I killed somebody. You know, where you want to stop is not where Satan wants to stop. And that's why compromise is a very deadly issue. It's a very deadly issue. If you yield an inch, devil will take you to several miles, not one mile, one mile. Satan, you don't know Satan. Several miles, as far as you can. One inch can become 50 kilometers. If you allow Satan, am I making sense this morning? Am I making sense? So conviction is crucial. Let us guard our conviction. And if your conviction is low, now that's a danger. But it's good when you realize it. What should you do about it? How do you build your conviction back? You go back to the discipline of the word. What did I say? The discipline word. Say the discipline of the word. And prayer. That's how to build conviction. That's how to build conviction. And you know the beautiful thing about this thing? The more you pray, the more you pray. You know, somebody, I, I read this on Twitter and I really loved it. I think it was my friend Chikalbi that said it. He said, the more you pray, the more you love to pray. The more you pray, the more you what? You love to pray. The more you will want to pray. The less you pray, the less you don't want to pray. Very important. So how do you build conviction? Go back to the discipline of prayer and of the word and of the word. That's how to build conviction. That's how to build. That's how to obtain a good testimony. Because there is no good testimony without what? Without conviction. And it is very important to stress this at this, at this point. Don't live a life that is not weak. Don't live a life that is void of conviction. It's a wasteful life. That you can't point to something 
You can't point to anything in your life that you are doing or you are refusing to do on account of the conviction of your faith. That is a very wasteful life. Did you get my English? Did you get my English? There must be something in every season of your life that you can point to that this commitment I have is on account of my faith. This sacrifice is on the account of my conviction or this thing I, I refuse is on the account of what? My scripture says by faith, by conviction. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said he refused to be called the what? The sons of Pharaoh's esteeming the suffering of Christ a greater value than the riches of Egypt. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Next verse. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the what? Than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. What reward? The divine reward. The testimony. That was what the reward. That's what he was looking at. And he saw the essence of that reward, that obtaining a good testimony in God, has a much higher value than the riches and the treasures of Egypt. That can only be by conviction. Am I making sense? Some other persons will kill kilo, 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 throw away the faith and embrace the riches. So what conviction does to you is that it makes the divine more real to you than the what? Than the natural treasures. The same thing happened to Jesus. This same thing happened to Jesus when Satan took him to the high mountain. Scripture said he showed them the glories of the world and the kingdoms thereof and said, if you bow to me, I will do what? I will deliver this to you. If Jesus didn't have conviction that day, he would have bowed. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? The reason why it is a temptation is because it can go either way. Hello? Did you get that? If something is a temptation, it means it can do what? It can either fall into it, there is a 50% chance that you fall into it, there's a 50% chance that you overcome it. That's why it's called the word. Otherwise, it won't be a temptation. Then we would be wrong to say, devil, Jesus was tempted. If I bring, if I tell you now, I say, eat stone, eat stone. Is that a temptation? Is that a temptation? Why would you eat stone? It's common sense now. I'm not tempting you. Am I making sense? But if I bring your best food, if I bring your, some of us, once we see Amala and Begri and Ewedu, Jerubins will be singing on top of your head. Hallelujah. And that day, they said you should fast. Someone now brought Begri and Ewedu and Amala, now brought it to your doorstep. The thing was not smelling. He said, ah, I bought for you, I bought one for you. 9 a.m. in the morning. You're now looking like this. He said, talk now. You're now looking. You didn't know that battle is going on. <laughs> Will you eat or not? I, I, I've warmed it in microwave for you. You're now looking. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a temptation. Am I making sense? That's a temptation right there. Amen. 
upon when you have conviction and the strength of your conviction is the guarantee that you overcome every temptation the strength of your conviction some one temptation that we don't often refer to as temptation is what happened to jesus at the garden of gethsemane it's a temptation also this one is, was even much more dramatic than the one that scripture documented about you know, when Satan came to tempt. This one was a temptation too. This one required wrestling. Why do you think he was praying and the sweat of his head? Scripture he was as thick as blood. He was wrestling. He didn't hit his chest. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if he didn't pray, he would most likely have stood up and walked away from that, that process. That was the reason why he prayed. He was developing and building conviction. Ah, this thing, Father, if this is your will, take it. Say, ah, say, if it pleases you, let this cup do what? What does it mean by cup pass over me? I don't want to go to the cross. That's what it means now. Am I making sense? I, God, I don't want to go to this cross. But nevertheless, not my will. Not my will. But your will. And then he began to wrestle for his will, God's will, to become his will. Because it, he had to do it willingly. Do you get my point? If he had gone to the cross and said, God, I don't want to go. You are the one that said I should go. I'm just... That sacrifice would not have been accepted. So the wrestling was for God's will to become what? His will. So he had to stand up from that place, willingly walk to the cross. That was where the battle was. Hallelujah. So he had to conquer the flesh. That was why it was a wrestling. It was a major wrestling for him to conquer the flesh. And when he did, he stood up and said, now the hour has come. What do you think? Let's do what? Let's be going. People, they, they, they didn't realize what he was trying to say. He said, let's go and do the will of God. Let's go and do. There is willingness now. His power has come. In the day of his power, the people shall be what? Willing. His power has come. Scripture says an angel appeared and did what? And strengthened, gave him power. And willingness came. He saw the sacrifice. Bible said he despised the shame. It was not only the pain that he was wrestling against the shame also because hebrews 12 told us that so it wasn't just the pain of ah they will drive nail through my hand the shame of they will strip the son of god who came from glory naked and they will hang him on the cross for all to see he had to also fight that shame and he won because he had what conviction Somebody say conviction. Say conviction. Say conviction is faith. Say by it, I obtain a good report. What report have you or are you currently obtaining? On account of your faith. What report are you currently obtaining on the account of your what? Of your faith. Or is your life full of compromise? If we look at your journey, is it compromise all the way? Will it be all about the days you are supposed to pray in the morning, but you did not pray? 
Is that what we'll see? Repeated patterns of compromise. Repeated patterns of compromise. Repeated patterns of when you're supposed to have spiritual discipline but you chose not to. Are we going to have repeated patterns of distraction? Something is always distracting you. If it's not sleep, it is friends, if it's not call, if it's social media, is that the pattern we are going to see? Or are we going to see the pattern of conviction and spiritual discipline? That's what faith is about. It's conviction. It's conviction. Hallelujah. Say by faith, I will obtain a good report. Hallelujah. Can we move forward? Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, give me verse um, 13. Till we all come in the what? Unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a what? Perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So I said that the movement to maturity, which is the word perfect man, which is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, hangs on two pillars. Two pillars is going to get us there. You know, you can look at your leg. If you want to move from one destination to another, the two legs you're going to walk with is faith and the word knowledge of Son of God. And we've just gone through faith talking about conviction we said faith in this context is what it's conviction the second thing we want to talk about is what the knowledge of what the knowledge of the word you know i was curious why it didn't say the knowledge of god here because you no know, scripture is very very deliberate i'm just curious why he didn't say the knowledge because if you say the knowledge of god i don't think it would mean you know if you look at it logically I don't think it will mean anything different because we know the God we're talking about. But I think it was just deliberate because he wanted us to see what the goal and the destination is and the person that it is about. Did you get my point? Did, he wanted to put in your face the person that it is all about, which is who? The person of what? Of Christ. Of Christ. That is the pattern. That is the prototype. That is the person you should look onto. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12 says, looking onto Jesus, the author and the. See, there is nothing else after Christ. I, I don't know whether I'm saying it the right way. As in, the beginning and the end is Christ. That's what he's trying to say. Looking onto Jesus, the. Is the one that alters your faith. Is the one that does what perfects it. Is the goal. Is the goal. He is the destination. I said last week that heaven is not the destination. We are already in heaven. Am I making sense? We're already in heaven. Heaven is your home. You don't need passport of good works to end, go into your home. Am I making sense? Did you get that? What the race is about is attaining the fullness of what? Of Christ. Attaining the fullness of Christ. So we're not living in fear of, ha, ah, I don't know, I want to make heaven. Ha, ah, if I do something now, if the trumpet just sound now. No, 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 no. We are living deliberately to become like Christ. And we needed that. We need faith and the what? The knowledge of the Son of God. Hallelujah. So what is the knowledge of the Son of God? So let's go into that. Hallelujah. Give me Colossians chapter 1. 
the word knowledge there is the word epignosis. And of course, some of us already know what epignosis is. Epignosis is a Greek word that means perfect, precise knowledge. Perfect, precise word. It means knowledge that is not presumptive. It is knowledge that is not born of what? Of presumption. It also means knowledge that is not tainted. You know, sometimes our, when we say we know people, we are only projecting our impressions, our impression of them based on who we are. That's why you would, one person, two people will experience the same behavior from one person and those two people will interpret it completely differently. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You get what I'm trying to say? I mean, imagine my wife coming now and maybe Sai and I are sitting there and my wife comes and say, why are you sitting down here? And then, Buzayo says, eh, because we are, we are waiting for somebody to give us food. You know, Buzayo likes food. We are waiting for somebody to give us food. And then I can say that, ah, why are you asking us questions? Do you think we are just sitting down here joking? What's wrong with Why are you asking such a question? It's the only question they ask you, Abby. So, but it's not the only question I ask you. So, what have I done? The same question, different answers. He saw her question as a question. Am I making sense? And then he responded to, okay, the reason why we are sitting down is because we want food. I saw her question as, I've added some other thinking to that. Do you get my point? I've added other things to that question. I've run beyond the, I've outrun the question to think about other things. Now, if, if Busaya and I are reporting to a person, a third person who wasn't part of our conversation you will most likely get a more objective view of who Tokwe is from Busayo than you get from me, am I right? but if all that third person listened to is my own account of what Tokwe did, you know the person can go without even meeting Tokwe before and just hate Tokwe do you get my point? That's the way some of us relate to God. What we call the knowledge of God that we have, it is not what we have experienced on the basis of intimacy with God. It is tainted, perverted knowledge that is passed down to us from people who also carries a wrong impression of God. And some of those things are the things we have formed doctrines and practices around. Am I making sense? I said one very simple one last week. Some reason why some of us give offering or pay our tithe is because we are afraid of what? We are afraid of what? Kankawam and Pamam. They have used it to terrorize us before. So you are in a place where if, you, ah, if I don't give this one to God, oh, ah, God will deal with me. God will just, you know, God will just... Where is the... Give me the key to the, the key of prison of cankerworms. I will release the, the cankerworms. <laughs> no, what is moving you is a perverted knowledge of God, which is a wrong fear. Am I making sense? You know, it is different when you fear God purely. You know, that you can have a pure fear of God. You can have a pure dread of God. Let me even use the word dread of God. You can have, when God revealed himself to Moses and the guy was full of dread. 
that one was pure. Am I making sense? Ah, as when he saw the manifestation of God, ah, this one is. Am I making this one is God needed to be feared and revered. That's a pure one. That's a pure one. Hallelujah. But you can have a perverted fear of God that you are constantly thinking God is the guy with Kumo or the Shigidi with Kumo that is just waiting to hack you. Some of us got that impression even from Yoruba films. There's a lot of things, a lot of garbage we have projected on God that is not the true knowledge of God. Am I making sense? A lot of things. A lot of customs, a lot of mindsets that we have. One of it, some of them are even more subtle. For example, why do you lack confidence the day you don't pray? Why do you lack confidence in God the day you don't pray? It's because there is a wrong knowledge of God that you have. That his acceptance is based on when you do the right thing. Did you get what I'm trying to say? So the day you, you maybe that day, ha, you spend one hour praying in tongues in the morning, your confidence is sky high that day. It, it feels as if angels are working with you. You are literally looking for Satan. Where is that devil? Let me deal with him. But the day this other day, you watched film, even though Holy Ghost nudged you to go and sleep on time. You, the film was too sweet. You were watching Blood Sister, have you? you were watching Blood. No, plus there is even one episode now, just one. Some series, you know, some series that used to collect time like that. And instead of you to go to bed um, early, you watched film, you watched Ozark, uh, hey. you now didn't wake up on time. Holy Ghost even woke you up, you are not doing like this, you are not doing like this. Pray now, you are doing like this. You know, work time now, okay, you now left. Your confidence is now low. Do you want to engage with confidence? The enemy say you that you did not pray. You that you, Ozark, you are watching. Are you even supposed to be watching Ozark as a Christian? Now became gentle. You now became gentle. They will now be playing all the wrong, wrong scenes inside your head. All the wrong. You will not remember the good things they did inside the room. All the wrong, wrong, terrible scenes that say a Christian and you call yourself a Christian. You call yourself a Christian. So you now too, you now want to behave self-righteous. You too now say, oh, God, you, are, you are now joining Satan in the condemnation. Say, I know I've done wrong. I know, I know. Sort of you to take his stand of faith that the reason for my acceptance is not based on works it's based on my faith in God so throughout that day God could not even enjoy fellowship with you because you are wallowing in condemnation on the basis of a wrong knowledge that God has rejected you because you didn't pray wrong knowledge that is not a perfect precise what? knowledge perfect precise knowledge is the knowledge that comes to you on the basis of revelation and intimacy on the basis of what revelation and what and intimacy it is important for two to go together do you know why because sometimes even the wrong messages the wrong impression of god we have some of them they come to what we think we think they are revelation am i making it we think they are what revelation packaged as doctrines of men but when you are someone who is pursuing intimacy, do you know something that will be very peculiar to you if you are pursuing intimacy? Say, what is that thing? The will of God. The will of God. And two, 
walking in obedience those two will be very central to you if you are somebody that is pursuing intimacy what is the will of god and you will want to do what you know is that will of god so the understanding of the will of god number one number two walking in obedience those are two powerful things for someone who wants to understand and walk in the perfect and precise knowledge of god hallelujah and to the degree that you know you are willing to walk in the will of god is to the degree that you know god the knowledge of god is hidden in his will there is a general knowledge of god amen for example there is a knowledge of god that you assess by devotion and discipline of reading the scriptures and the accumulation of understanding logos you're just it's like you're drinking water am i making sense you're just just drinking in the world yes you, you, you are committed to the world you are disciplined you read your bible and what you remember you are asking god to open the eyes of your understanding and by the reason of that discipline light and insight is coming and that is very true am i making sense say that is part one say part two is knowledge that comes when you are introduced to the will of god and you are walking in it Shall I give you an example? Shall I give us an example? Abraham would not have known the side of God. Would not have had an experience of the promise of God wanting to give his only son. If he did not walk with God to that mountain where he was going to give Isaac. That part of the knowledge of God would have been completely hidden from Abraham. Am I making sense? And Abraham would have thought also that God requires human sacrifice like the other gods in his time. Am I making sense? Because all the other nations, one of the reasons why God was driving a separation between the nation of Israel that Abraham represented and the other nations was because those nations had accursed practices. Did you read in the scripture where the children of Israel were at war with a certain nation? Was it Amalek or Moab? And the king of that country brought his first son and killed him and used him for sacrifice. And Bible said that there was, there, there was, there was a way the scripture said it, that there was an indignation. Something happened. The atmosphere changed. And God wanted to win the Israelites of such evil practices. Hallelujah. But if Abraham did not follow through in obedience, he would not have seen that side of God. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? He would not have seen that side of God. If I, and we also, we might not have had the privilege of reading the acts of God in the life of Abraham. And taking faith from that story today. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. The knowledge of God. The knowledge of this is the perfect, precise knowledge. And if we're not willing to go all the way to number one, understanding the will of God, and then having the willingness to walk in obedience, our knowledge of God will be limited. And if our knowledge is limited, you know, we said last week that one 
key thing that this does to us that it wins us from being children am i, am I making sense do we remember that and we said children are easily susceptible to what to deceit to deception they are easily susceptible to what to deception the reason why they, they, there's, there's a lot of cajoling in, in, in the church today a lot of cajoling a lot of drama is because people are low the, the, the knowledge content is very very low it's very very low <laughs> let me give you an example my friend you know when after service my friend came to Lagos came to one of my friends came to Lagos and the person he was staying with he you know he followed them to church one morning and all that and then the pastor jumped on stage and was saying ah you know god is going to bless some people today and they began to hype began to hype you know and the intensity was high and, and he said the sacrifice we give god to connect with an anointing this morning is that you will come to the front of the stage and you will roll from one end to the other you know, and people started people started running for and started rolling from one. He said in the old church it was him himself and one other person that did not stand up to roll on the floor. As in, you come to the front, you roll from one end to the other. And I was curious to you know why he decided to do that. You know, because you can also there can be many many reasons. You can be proud. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just like that he didn't just connect to the knowledge of God in him. That on what base, as in what would that do? Am I making sense? Is it like a bribe? Is it like a bribe? It, 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 what, as in, it didn't call into question the state of his heart, whether he was living in bitterness or not. Am I making sense? He, he didn't call into question whether his work is right with God. He felt like a bribe. He felt like just do this and take this and then. He felt transactional. And the he could only be ruminating in that direction because he has a measure of the knowledge of God. Am I making sense? Another person will not even have that ruminations at all. That's the difference in knowledge. And this is how people get hoodwinked and deceived all in the name of you want God to bless, I want God to bless me. Am I making sense? I said yesterday that every wind of doctrine doesn't come with the label of every wind of doctrine. I said that last week. I might not remember. I said every wind of doctrine doesn't come with the label of I am, hello, I am every wind of doctrine. I'm here to distract you and to deceive you. Every of those things come with the label of I am the doctrine of Christ. I am the truth. But it is left for you to do what? To discern. And you can only discern when you have the word, the knowledge of God. Am I making sense? Am I making sense this morning? So, when you have the knowledge of God, your in relationship and your interaction just immediately becomes regulated. You are always after what is the heart of God. I mean, if that it my, if my friend, if somebody had approached my friend from, for example, and asked him, "Bro, what's wrong with you? Come and roll on the floor, Joe," and if he shares what is going on in his heart with that person. When the person can be even offended and say, what is wrong with you? Why are you like this? You know, the person can be offended. Are, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Because there is no knowledge of God. When the knowledge of God is in your heart, you are constantly about what is in the heart of God. 
this thing does it align with the heart of god does it align with the value of god with the light of god i have seen in the scripture is it does it align that's the question you are asking and then you know that whatever is not of this foundation is what is not of god hallelujah scripture says that the foundation of god stands sure it has what this seal that the lord does what knows those who are is in that context the knowledge of god is seeing what the pattern of the foundation of god is and they know that anything that doesn't fit to that pattern is not of god am i making sense this one am i making sense the knowledge of the son of god it is gotten when there is discipline where there is the willingness to pursue the will of god colossians chapter 1 verse 9 What's the, what does it say? Say, for this reason we also do what? Since the day we heard it, do not cease to do what? Pray for you. And to ask that you may be what? You may be what? Filled with what? Filled with what? When you say filled with knowledge, it means to want to be full, Abby. It talks about a full measure, am I right? Not a tiny measure, a what? A full measure. With the knowledge of his will in all and it is only full when it's translating to wisdom and spiritual understanding. Am I making sense? When the knowledge, because you can receive knowledge and it's just mental knowledge. You can receive knowledge, you say God is good. Ah, God, I know. Do you know God is good? Say yes, I know God is good. You, are you sure? Say, ah, God is good now. Ah, God is good all the time. You know, just say God is good now. But when trials happen, <laughs> suddenly say, God, how can you let this happen to me? Suddenly that mental ascent has disappeared, has dissipated. Suddenly there is a question. There is a questioning of the goodness of God now. Why? Because that knowledge is only head knowledge, it's only mental ascent. It does not translate to what? Wisdom and what? And spiritual understanding. When knowledge translates to wisdom and spiritual understanding, it becomes a pillar in you. It becomes a what? A pillar. It becomes a defense. One scripture said, "Knowledge is a defense." It becomes a defense. It becomes a guard. It guards you from sleeping. It guards you from an ambush, the ambush of your faith. It guards you from distraction. And it guards you from falling into temptation. That's when knowledge is a defense. It's a defense. It's a defense. You just know that you know that, you know that ah, I can't do this. It's as if something is holding your heart. Am I making sense? You can literally feel it in your chest. Knowledge is guarding you. It's guarding you. Have you ever been in a situation where you say, God, God, I know it's tough. I'm going through a tough moment now, but I just love you. You are just seeing that strength well up. You say, I believe in your goodness. I believe in your love. I have no doubt in my heart that you love me. Where is that coming from? The knowledge that has translated to wisdom. You just look at the situation. You just see wisdom sorting the confusion out. 
you know you just see the wisdom of god showing god faithful even when you can't physically see it because there is chaos all around am i making sense wisdom is helping you to sort god to sort the character and the faithfulness of god out you can spot that as a light in the midst of darkness and your heart is assured in peace that's what the knowledge of god does to you that's what knowledge does let me tell you another thing knowledge does should i tell you another knowledge does knowledge wipes out condemnation oh am i making sense knowledge does what there are times when you when you are standing before god and say god i know i've messed up i know i disappointed you but i have no doubt that you approve of me there is no there is no doubt you know every 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 sunday when i come here i come here to minister to you under god with this kind of confidence. Am I making sense? There have been Sundays where I've, I didn't have time to pray very well. Am I making sense? Or to study well enough. But when it's time to come and say, Father, I thank you because you have accepted me. I'm not even praying that God, you see, I, I don't pray, I just say, God, please, today we move, oh God. Ah, you, we must move in church today. What? Bible says, where two or three are gathered, he is what? What I'm praying for is that our heart will align with God. I don't have doubt at all that God wants to move. I'm not trying to convince him in prayer that God move, God touch us, God heal us, God let your presence be no oh God tada, you know, have mercy on us. Look, no, no, no. Before you came here, he's already here. Wait him. And he has no record. He has no, he's not reckoning with what happened to you earlier today or last week or during the week. He's ready that as soon as you open the door, he will come in. He's already knocking. I have no doubt at all. So I say, God, even though I didn't prepare well today, but thank you for grace. Thank you for your love because you love us and you love your people. And before we are here, you are here. And we want our heart to align so that we can fellowship with you and learn of you and receive strength of you to live right, to walk right. That is knowledge ripping condemnation out of your mind am i making sense am i making sense that knowledge does that it's a pillar it's a defense knowledge is light it flushes away darkness so that pray that you know what go back to that verse nine that you will be filled with the knowledge of what of his will you know what wisdom and word and spiritual See, one prayer we must constantly pray is the knowledge of his will. We cannot live an effective, purposeful Christian life without the what? Remember the topic of this meeting? The purpose of what? Christianity. Purpose of Christianity. We cannot live a purposeful Christian life if we don't have the knowledge of his will. And if that knowledge is not translating to wisdom and what? And spiritual understanding. Now, when it translates when the knowledge is full and it has translated to wisdom and spiritual understanding what will happen give us verse 10 what will happen that you may do what walk worthy of the lord spatially pleasing him huh what does it say fully please it means that when the knowledge of god the knowledge of his will is in you and is translating to wisdom and spiritual understanding the natural somebody said the natural consequence your work will 
please God. Period. Your work will what? It will please God. There is no controversy. There is no debate about it. If your work is not pleasing God, there is deficiency in knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding. Because let me tell you, certain spiritual understanding will make you subscribe to certain dis- sometimes spiritual discipline that you think is very high spiritual discipline that you think is very high and spiritual understanding will make it achievable am i making sense you just receive let me give you an example see if they say one of us now is sick if they call you and say emergency 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 you that holy ghost said pray you did not pray what will you do in that instant suddenly that sleep that you are prioritizing over the voice of the holy ghost we immediately become nothing. You will just jump up and you're what? I begin to pray. Ah, I'm praying for this person. The emergency, I'm praying. A knowledge came. Your priorities change. Am I making sense? One knowledge just came. Information was just passed across to you and suddenly your priorities is what? When Holy Ghost opens your eyes and you see kingdom priorities and you and you are fellowship with kingdom knowledge your priorities will what will change your priorities will change when kingdom knowledge comes every mountain will be what will be brought low every valley will be what be exalted and that is what god wants to do with us we respond too much to negative things sometimes we don't we don't we, we, we don't come into our own until when we're in a very tight corner but god wants to change that god wants to change that he wants to give you spiritual understanding when spiritual understanding comes priorities change discipline changes your work changes say that you may walk worthy of the lord fully what pleasing him he said being what fruitful in what in every good work and increase that's what i said because you are fruitful in every good work there is an increasing knowledge of god because you're working in obedience because the will of god has become your pursuit and because you are following that will of god there is an increasing knowledge of god there is a deep there is now higher light say light begets light say light beget light let's use uh, sorry let's not use King James English. say light gives birth to light <laughs> hallelujah that's how to walk that's how to be full of the knowledge of god it starts from asking god lord what is your will i want to know you i want to know your will and then comes with the comes with, with 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 the and then comes with the willingness to walk in obedience little little obedience my wife always say that give attention to the little little obedience you want to start praying start little give attention to it give attention to it begin to embrace the will of god what is the will of god that is revealed to you some of us we are stuck in the will of god that was revealed to us five years ago because we have not fulfilled it it's like being stuck in a class hallelujah 
say there is need for progress. So there is need for progress. Say it is time to progress. It is time to become mature. It is time to grow up to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that's your portion. It's not reserved for pastors. That's your portion. And it's time to grow up. It's time to embrace the will of God. Let it become your mainstay. Let it become your reason for living. It's time. It's time. If conviction is what is lacking, pray for conviction. Say, God, I'm struggling. I'm not doing well with my spiritual disciplines. To even choose you is difficult. Help me. And then God begins to give you simple, simple obedience. Somebody say simple, simple obedience. Then God begins to direct you back to the world. Just follow through. Just follow through. You know, we had a meeting yesterday, the pastor, and one of the things I was sharing in that meeting was that one of the things that God has given to us in this place, that we, the goal is that we want to see practical, changed lives. Changed lives, Christian lives changed. Not just being Christians in mouth only, but we are seeing an ever increasing change in our lives. That there's a time in my life I'm a member of this church and I used to struggle with prayer, but now there's been a change. There's a time the word of God, if me and me and God's word, we hate each other. I just to look at this from afar. It's only Sunday, Sunday. But now, it's the most favorite thing I want to get into. That's change. That's change. That is what shows that there is a journey that is what? That is ongoing. Am I making sense this morning? And I want us to embrace, somebody say embrace the journey. Embrace the journey. Kill the stagnation. Somebody say kill the stagnation. You must kill the stagnation. You must kill the stagnation. It is time to move your life from the face of stagnation and walk into the train of the movement of God. It is time. It is time to pursue conviction, faith, and pursue the knowledge of the word of the Son of God. Pursue what? Faith, and pursue what? The knowledge of the Son of God. That is how you grow. That's how we'll get to our destination. That's how we'll get to the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Say, as therefore you have received Jesus the Lord, so what? So what? So what? Walk in him. Is that very clear? You know, if you compare this with Ephesians 4, where we're coming from, where is the destination of the walk? The fullness of Christ. Am I making sense? So, because the concept of walking shows that you are living something and you are moving on to something. Am I making sense? So, receiving Christ is the beginning. From this scripture, am I making sense? The moment, the day you receive Christ is the what? Is the beginning. You say, walk in him where are you walking to the destination 
give us verse 7. He said, rooted. Now, he is qualifying the work. What the work means. Rooted and what? And built up in him. And established in what? In conviction. Does it relate to where we're coming from? Established in what? In faith. As you have been taught. Abounding in it with what? With thanksgiving. Next verse. Beware lest anyone do what? Does this sound like that will be no more children? Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Beware lest anyone cheat you through what? Philosophy and what? Empty deceit according to the word. Tradition of men according to the basic principles of this word. And not according to Christ. Verse 9. For in him, in who? Christ dwells all the fullness of Godhead. I said that Christ is the beginning and the end. Remember when I said that? He is the author and the what? And the finisher. And in him, we will experience the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 14, Ephesians 4. That will be no longer that we no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried by, about by every wind of doctrine, by the tricky of men, in the cunning craftiness of what? Of the, you can literally remove this and place Colossians chapter two that we just read verse nine here, and it will all, you get immediate same thing. What it said, but what speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, even what Christ. So, you know, this scripture makes me, this scripture makes us feel as though Christ is the head, but he's hanging in the air. And then the body is meant to grow and join to the head. That's the way I picture it. I don't know why I that. Yeah, I'm making sense. That's where it's as though Christ being the head is just there. You know, and then the body is still a dwarf. Now, and then as the body feeds on knowledge, it feeds on faith, and then it grows, grows, and then comes into the stature of the head. Or maybe the head is big and the body is tiny. <laughs> Amen. But the emphasis is what? It's what? Grow. As we grow, we come into the stature of Christ. It's like wearing overgrown, you know, like if your father, you were small, how many of us have tried to enter daddy's or mommy's shoes? You know, and then you see walking and you do book, you know, you can't even walk properly because you are not yet the size but continue to feed that child, what's going to happen? It's going to grow. I remember that one of my biggest disappointments was that even after I was a fully grown, my dad's shoe size was still not my size. He was very disappointed. <laughs> because I'd been eyeing some two shoes that he used to get, you know, and my dad, these best shoes, yeah, they are only kept for special occasions. <laughs> you know, I was going to remove one, I will put tissue inside it. But even still, it's, <laughs> because his, his feet is much wider than mine, you know, so he still won't fit, you know. I miss, I miss, I miss that. But some, some people were lucky. Once they, or imagine you grow and you've been eyeing daddy's car or mommy's car. Suddenly you just cross the 18. You are not even fully crossed the 18. <laughs> you already started driving. That's going to the stature. Am I making sense? Amen. So he says, speaking the word... The truth in love. Speaking the word. Speaking 
the truth in love. Now, what does this mean? Does it just mean that we should be saying the right things all the time? Is that what it means? I think it means something more than that. Am I making sense? Because the next verse says that in doing this, you may grow up in all what? In all things. So that other clause that qualifies brings you know the inside of this this speaking the truth in love is it's a little bit more than just saying words. Am I making sense? And that word to speak the truth, you know, in the Greek means to to speak it in doctrine and in by profession. It says to hold on to the truth. Number one, and to be the truth. So, the first, the first um, standard is you become what you are speaking. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? The word speak the truth here in the Greek is to first become it. And you become it by embracing it as a doctrine and as a profession. So it means that what you were speaking is what is, has been grounded on the inside of you. Am I making sense? And the word speak here is the word profession qualifies it. You know, how do you speak as a doctor? By treating patients. By doing your profession. Am I making sense? That's how you speak. How do you speak as a lawyer? By doing what you are qualified to do or what you've been trained to do. Am I making sense? That is how, if they say, this lawyer, this guy, he's a, he's, the guy is a fantastic lawyer. If I is one big cases and all that. That is a speaking. That is a what? That is a, that is a testimony. His works, he's speaking. Oh, this doctor is ah, he's the best neurosurgeon in the world. He's a Ben Carson. What is speaking? His what? His works. So he's saying that your, what you are speaking here is your work, which is truth, and what is conveying that truth is love. Speaking the truth here is what you're speaking is your works. Say your works. Say your works is what you're speaking. So your character, your discipline, spiritual discipline, your conviction the light that you are walking in is what is speaking and the right vehicle the right container through which it speaks is love do you get that now your conviction the truth of god's word that you have imbibed as doctrine and as profession so doctrine is the, the you went to medical school and they taught you all the laws of medical, whatever, the laws of incision, the anatomy, the physiology, and you imbibe those things as what? As doctrine. Am I making sense? It became your gospel. You don't question it. If at all, it became a basis for further research. Am I making sense? It became a basis for further discovery. If you were a good student, faithful student you most likely be a good doctor am i making sense because a good thing is that you hold the doctrines and the profession dearly you have mastered it so now based on the doctrine and the profession your work is what 
you have you are now a good doctor your work is speaking because you have mastered the doctrine and the profession am i making sense truth in this context in this context is mastering christ as the doctrine and as your profession did you get that now did you get that now so when truth which is christ becomes your doctrine becomes your profession the vehicle through which you convey that truth is what is the love what we come out of you is what is love and when love becomes your speaking when love becomes your works do you get why, why, why i'm using the word speaking when love becomes your work you are setting up yourself for spiritual growth am i making sense when you work in love the reward is grace for growth did you get me when you walk in love when you speak the truth in love growth is what is what manifesting growth is what is manifesting growth is what is manifesting so but it starts from what so that knowledge of the son of god that we're talking about that is gotten from intimacy right that is gotten from wanting to do the will of god right that is gotten from understanding the will of god and walking in obedience that is the process of how truth becomes your doctrine and your profession all that process is how truth becomes a what your doctrine and your what and all that you have acquired now because christ all through that process christ is being formed into you what we now flow from you because christ has been formed is what is love so when you when they put you to test christ flows out love when the knowledge of god is solidified you're going to try what flows out love christ flows out when you are tempted what flows out love when you are in any situation what comes out and as you are manifesting you are growing the more you manifest the more love flows the more you what you are your stature is increasing the more your stature is increasing why because something has been solidified on the what on the inside so let christ be solidified let christ do what scripture says let the word of god dwell in you richly take it as a doctrine take it as a profession you are not primarily a digital strategist you are primarily a disciple of christ that's your doctrine the way you are applying your job now applying yourself to your work your work of you're a banker you're a lawyer you're a communications person the way you have taken the principles of your work as doctrine and it's become your profession and on the basis of that you are growing in your career before you used to be a junior level comes person any 50k now you are communications lead any big money 
Why? Because you had been faithful to the doctrine and the profession. Am I making sense? And your works, the excellence of it, has spoken for you, which is what is causing the promotions and the increase. Am I making sense? He said that is how you will take Christ. That's how you will hold Christ as doctrine and as profession. And you give your everything into it. And then as you give everything into it, you begin to do what? You begin to increase. You begin to increase. Promotion begins to come from one level to another. From one level to another. Step by step, one season after another, you are approaching the destination. You are getting closer to the fullness of the stature of Christ. You are getting there. You are becoming perfect. You are becoming perfect. That is the purpose of what? Of the Christian life. So take God as, as a career. Take it as doctrine and as what? As profession. Take it as your life. Take it as what your livelihood is hinged on. If you are not faithful in your work, if you are not doing your work diligently, you may be sacked, right? Or suspended. And if you are suspended or sacked, there is no money. When there is no money, children's school fees are not paid. House rent is not paid. No gift for a husband or your wife. No food on the table. Life scatters. That is the way life scatters when you don't take Christ as a doctor and as a profession. In fact, some of us, our life has scattered, but we are not known it yet. Because Christ is not our profession. Christ is not our doctrine. And then every wind of doctrine has scattered our lives. We are like a flag on the pole being blown in every wind of direction. There is no true knowledge of God. Why? Because we have zoned out of the source. Christ is not our career. Christ is not our pursuit. But when we make him our pursuit, when we make him our life, when we make him our profession, source, that grace is released. Constantly grace is released. And then that grace flows everywhere. It's like your salary at the end of the month. When it comes in, you can save from it. Am I making sense? You can do investment. Some of you, on the basis of your salary now, you have bought land. On the basis of salary, you are building house. On the basis of salary, you are putting something aside for your children. On the basis of salary, you even helped other people. On the basis of salary, you have given to charity. You are experiencing all the multi-dimension of life because you are faithful to one singular thing. Career. That's the way you must take Christ. That's how to grow in Christ. So Christ does not become a Sunday, Sunday thing. Your Bible does not become a weekly thing, weekly episode. It becomes a matter of career, a matter of profession, a matter of life and death. Christ is your life. That's how to go. You take it as your life. You take it as your very essence. If that one source is not in place, everything scatters. Everything scatters. Everything scatters. Let's rise to our feet this morning and then just, just, just pour our heart to God. Christ is enough for me. Oh, Christ is enough for me. Everything, 
Turn it back. 